Kia ora, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with an email newsletter to paid subscribers via the Kaka. Today I wanted to talk about what everyone's talking about, which is inflation. We got numbers yesterday from StatsNZ showing that inflation in the June quarter from the same quarter a year ago was 7.3%. And inflation in the June quarter from the March quarter was 1.7%. This was a little bit higher than most economists had expected. They'd looked for an annual figure of 7.1%. So it's worth now that most people think we're getting towards the peak of inflation to have a look at why this happened, who's to blame, and what we should do now. Currently, the narrative and the debate that you see publicly is very much around the politics of how the government itself is spending money. And I think that's a mistake. Largely because the Reserve Bank did a bunch of things in 2020 and 2021, which is at least partially responsible for the inflation that we have at the moment of 7.3%, which of course is way, way outside the 1% to 3% band that the Reserve Bank is supposed to achieve, with around 2% being the the long-run view uh, or the long-run achievement. Clearly the Reserve Bank has failed in some way to keep inflation in that band. But is it fully responsible or at all responsible? Well, clearly there is inflation elsewhere in the world too. We've had 9.1% inflation in the United States. We're headed for double-digit inflation in the UK. And even in Australia, uh, inflation is over 5%. But there are some things in common which we should look at and learn from. All of those central banks that I've just mentioned, Britain, the United States, Australia, and New Zealand, all printed money in massive amounts in 2020 and through at least the first half of 2021. So just for those who've, uh, who are coming new to this process, money printing or, some, or a thing that's often called quantitative easing, is where a central bank will invent money out of nowhere and use it to buy government bonds, usually in the financial markets and usually from banks and fund managers who have previously bought it direct from a government. And the aim of that exercise is to push down longer term interest rates. The idea being that for a lot of home buyers and other borrowers, Longer-term interest rates are the things that matter when they're making a decision about whether to put out some money on a new home or to buy a new car or whatever it is. And that was incredibly effective at firstly arresting the decline in the economy that we saw in the immediate aftermath of the COVID outbreaks. And of course, it also solidified financial markets that were fragmenting and becoming frozen. So that was all good in those first few weeks and a couple of months after the outbreak of COVID. Uh, New Zealand didn't necessarily have to do the money printing. This was an unprecedented step, which actually required the approval of Finance Minister Grant Robertson. 
But our government and our Reserve Bank did more than just print money. We printed a lot of money, and at least as much in a shorter period than the other central banks relative to the size of our population. So we're talking about 15% of GDP worth of money printing, which is very significant and at their upper end of what other central banks printed during that period. At the same time, the Reserve Bank in April of 2020 removed LVR restrictions that had been in place for eight years. And in retrospect, that move, as much as the money printing, pushing down longer-term mortgage rates, was responsible for the subsequent 45% rise in house prices and the overflow into rents, which are now rising at a rate of 5.8% per year outside of Auckland. And that is the fastest rent increases we've seen in recorded history. So... The Reserve Bank, it's clear, is responsible for some of the inflation, the domestically generated inflation, particularly through into housing. Now, you may say, well, what on earth has the Reserve Bank got to do with building materials prices or the cost of building a new home? Well, when you uh, give people a lot more cash to bid against each other for a house, particularly a new house, you're going to push up prices of building materials and of land which unfortunately isn't measured in the CPI, and the construction costs for new houses. And that's what we've seen. An 18% increase in the June quarter from a year ago in the cost of building a new home. And rents, as I mentioned, have also uh, started uh, surging, particularly outside of Auckland. Interestingly, the um, removal of international students and of lots of temporary migrants has taken some of the pressure off rents, particularly in central Auckland. But in the rest of the country, significantly faster rent inflation and certainly faster than hourly wage inflation. And the Reserve Bank, when you look at it, is responsible for about a third of that 7.3%. So when you look at the housing measures alone, uh, you could, in theory, uh, apply some of the inflation in other areas to extra demand money flowing around the economy. But to be conservative, let's look at the housing costs, inflation and rent, which is responsible for about 36% or so of the 7.3% inflation that we saw in the June quarter from a year ago. So um, one of the criticisms you could make of me is that um, all of this is in hindsight. And uh, things were different at the time. And I get that, particularly in those first couple of months of COVID. The Reserve Bank uh, decided in that week of March the 16th to the 23rd, remember the 23rd was the day the Prime Minister announced the lockdowns, the weekend was when a lot of the big decisions were made by the government and the Reserve Bank. In that week, the Reserve Bank slashed the official cash rate from 1% to 0.25%, and decided on the Sunday, announced on the Monday, to launch a $30 billion program of money printing and bond buying, in part to unfreeze the local financial markets, the bond markets, where people had stopped trading with each other because of fear of what was about to happen. And 
then at the end of April, the Reserve Bank uh, removed the LVR restrictions. And over that period, it also began increasing the size of the quantitative easing program. So that by August of 2020, it had gone from $30 billion to a plan for $100 billion. And that was after the end of the lockdowns and after we could see that people had gone back to the Harvey Normans and the Noel Lemmings and the everything else to start spending money. In fact, they were back in the restaurants and bars by then because COVID had been eliminated. Hurrah. So um, the Reserve Bank by the middle of 2020, should have been looking again at what it, what it called its least regrets approach to this issue of how much to throw in the kitchen sink. And remember, it was throwing more in the kitchen sink than other central banks. So instead, the Reserve Bank kept printing through the second half of 2020 and then through the first half of 2021, stopped about July 2021, and it only started increasing the official cash rate uh, from October of 2021. Now, to be fair to the Reserve Bank, that is earlier than other central banks, and it stopped printing earlier than other central banks. But remember, other central banks had not uh, removed their LVR restrictions to the same extent, and also um, other central banks uh, had not increased its che their cheap lending to banks. Remember, in December 2020, the Reserve Bank launched its funding for lending program. This is where it lent money at 0.25%, the official cash rate, to commercial banks, who, as we know, uh, were pretty profitable, and that helped encourage them to really surge lending through the second, through the first half of 2021. So by mid-2021, we could see that house prices were going nuts, spending was going pretty aggressively, and uh, we were seeing a substantial um, surge in inflationary pressures. Also at that point, we were starting to see the oil price really start to get going in the rest of the world. And then, of course, it all came to a head in February 2020 when Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, oil prices went nuts, and uh, we could see uh, that we were starting to uh, see uh, um, house prices come off the boil, in part because of the start of rate cuts in October 2021, and also because uh, we had seen the Reserve Bank reimpose the LVR restrictions and then tighten them by the end of 2021, as it should have. So, um, where are we now then? Has the Reserve Bank done a proper review of what it did in 2020 and 2021, has it acknowledged that that 45% increase in house prices, only about two-thirds of which are likely to be given up in the retracement from the peak to the trough of about 15%, as the Reserve Bank has forecast, has it taken responsibility for that? Well, in short, no. The Reserve Bank said it had to do what it did at the time, and the impression we get is it would do it again and that its least regrets policies was the right one. Uh, the Reserve Bank Governor has said that his main aim was to avoid a blowout in unemployment, and that's the best contribution he and the Reserve Bank could make. Well, that's, I can see the argument for that for the first couple of months of COVID, but by mid-2020, there should have been a 
review of whether that less regrets throw the kitchen sink at it was correct. Now, um, there's also the um, criticism, you know, this is Monday morning quarterbacking, as, as the um, the sports fans would say, it's Harry Hindsight uh, is perfect in hindsight. Um, but um, I think that, and have said that, I was never a fan of the LVR restrictions being removed in 2020. I've never been a fan of the funding for lending program, which was put in in December 2020. And I think that the money printing should have stopped earlier than it did in October. I've, I've been opposed to the official cash rate increase in October, but I think if they'd um, reversed or never removed the LVR restrictions in 2020, not brought in the funding for lending program in December of 2020, and had stopped money printing earlier, they wouldn't necessarily be under the same pressure to put up the official cash rate. So um, the Reserve Bank is not being particularly uh, regretful or acknowledging those regrets, and neither is the government. Now, Grant Robertson, remember, approved the decisions on the LVR, approved the decisions on quantitative easing or money printing, and also approved the decision to go ahead with funding for lending. You, you might have the impression that the Reserve Bank is independent and that the Finance Minister has nothing to do with whatever the Reserve Bank chooses to do. That's not true in these cases. It is true for the official cash rate moves. It is not true for the funding for lending move, the LVR move, or the, um, uh, the uh, quantitative easing decisions. So uh, what surprises me a little is that the opposition has held back from criticising the Reserve Bank or the uh, government for responsibility for at least a third of the inflation through the uh, overstimulation by the Reserve Bank. It's taken the easy option, the opposition that is, of criticising the government for what it calls uh, uh, profligate spending, addiction to spending. That's simply not credible when you consider the bulk of the increase in spending through 2020 and 2021 was, was in wage subsidies, which the opposition approved of. So uh, also a big chunk of the increase in spending over 2020 and 2021 was on the health system. And um, I didn't hear any complaints from the opposition at the time about increased spending on vaccinations and the various other things that were necessary. In fact, the opposition is now claiming we should be doing a lot more spending in health. So it's simply not credible for the government, for the opposition to claim that the government had wrongly inflated spending and that the opposition would have done it a different way. Maybe they would have cut other spending, health, education, uh, various other welfare. They may well have done that. Uh, but they haven't specified they would have done it exactly like that, apart from ACT. And so it's simply not credible for the opposition to say that it's all the government's fault. It is more credible for the opposition to question the Reserve Bank's operation of monetary policy. Now you may say, hey, it's supposed to be independent, lay off the Reserve Bank. Well, that is true day to day, but when you've had the sort of shock we've had, it is appropriate for political representatives of voters to ask for independent reviews of major events and then to step back and let those independent reviewers do the work. 
That is exactly what is happening in Australia. So in the last couple of days, the new Labour Treasurer, equivalent of our Finance Minister, Jim Chalmers, has has started to pull together the details in terms of reference for a fully independent review of the Reserve Bank of Australia's actions during the COVID crisis. The Reserve Bank also printed money in Australia and operated a slightly different policy that it called yield curve control. And it kept printing money right through until the end of 2021 and early into this year and didn't actually start hiking interest rates until a few months ago, uh, whereas the Reserve Bank started hiking in October last year. However, um, the same thing happened in Australia, um, an explosion in house prices, and now they have inflation over 5% uh, versus our 7%. And the Reserve Bank rightly is um, accepting that there needs to be a review of its actions. And it has accepted that it got its, some of its forecasts wrong. We're not seeing that same uh, attitude of contrition and self-reflection here in New Zealand from either the Reserve Bank or Grant Robertson. So it makes sense for the opposition and others to call for an independent review of what the Reserve Bank had done. If not for the health of the institution in the long run, uh, then for regaining trust in the Reserve Bank and the operation of monetary policy, particularly from those people who saw house prices jump 45% and know that that blew their hopes, a generation's hopes, out the window. Because, of course, the Reserve Bank and the government will not allow house prices to go back to where they were in February 2020. We're only expecting to see a 15% fall, and for a good two-thirds of the gains that were created by profligate monetary policy, that they will be retained by asset owners. And it means we're seeing a lot of people leave the country, go to Australia in the hopes of earning enough money and not having to pay too much rent so they can save for deposits and buy houses. And uh, that is an indictment on what has just happened in the last couple of years, the responses of both the Reserve Bank and the government. So that trust needs to be won back. And uh, I think it's appropriate to see the sorts of criticisms now that we're seeing from very credible often seen as conservative and independent people, like, for example, John McDermott, who is now the head of MOTU, the research operation. He's a former chief economist of the Reserve Bank from 2007 to 2018. He has come out and criticised the Reserve Bank. And just this morning, Arthur Grimes, who was a chief economist at the Reserve Bank uh, through much of the late 19. Uh, 80s and uh, 90s, was one of the architects uh, for the inflation targeting regime and was the Reserve Bank chair from 2003 to 2013. He has come out this morning with a very strong comments reported in the Dominion Post that the Reserve Bank has been outright incompetent in allowing inflation to get away like it did and accuses the Reserve Bank of running monetary policy way too loose through COVID and actually before COVID. Now, you can have reasonable people can have arguments um, one way or, other, or another, but clearly something has gone wrong here, and there is a need for an independent review of the Reserve Bank. 
Now, so what should happen now, aside from this review? What should the Reserve Bank do? What should the government do in response to this inflation of 7.3%? And what is the opposition saying it should do? Well, the opposition, in particular ACT, is saying slash spending now, Ruth Richardson style, take away the fiscal stimulus from the government and help the Reserve Bank out a lot more. That would be disastrous for business and consumer confidence. It would uh, hurt those who can least afford it, those people on low incomes who are renters, because ultimately you'd have to uh, slash education, health and welfare spending to the bone. Uh, the um, larger opposition party, the National Party, has also made comments about the government um, being more responsible with its spending without detailing what those spending cuts should be. And the longer it goes on saying uh, spend less without specifying how those spending cuts should be made, the less credible the National Party becomes on this. Both National and ACT should instead uh, um, drop the habits of a lifetime and uh, focus their um, calls for changes on the Reserve Bank. Um, separately, uh, the Reserve Bank itself could, in theory, uh, radically tighten monetary policy even more than it already has in response to this slightly higher than expected inflation number. Already the Reserve Bank expects to take the official cash rate up from 2.5% now to about 4% by the end of the year. And financial markets and economists haven't actually seen the Reserve Bank going that far. They've been saying before yesterday's numbers that it's likely to go more like to 3.5%. But financial markets, uh, because of the stronger than expected inflation numbers, have pushed up their expectations uh, of an official cash rate up at 4% by the end of the year, so in line with where the Reserve Bank was forecasting in May. And a couple of the bank economists are also saying now that, yes, the Reserve Bank will have to go up beyond the 3.5% level. Uh, certainly, I, I don't see the need for the Reserve Bank to radically alter its official cash rate forecasts, but it certainly makes sense for it to uh, stop and then wind back the $12.7 billion worth of cheap lending it's done to banks since December 2020. It's currently open until the end of this year, which uh, seems counterproductive at the very least. The other options for the Reserve Bank to to tighten policy without necessarily uh, increasing the official cash rate and therefore increasing the borrowing costs of businesses who are employing people is to tighten the LVR restrictions even more, particularly on investors but also on first home buyers, to not only protect them from themselves and to protect the safety of the banking system but also to um, get house prices down again. I can't quite understand why the Reserve Bank and the government do not want to run uh, monetary policy at the very least in a way that gets asset prices back to where they were before the start of COVID. That would not only be a fair thing, it would help to take some of those inflationary pressures out of the economy and uh, mean that the government can continue to do what it needs to with fiscal policy, which is do the spending on health in particular as we deal with the latest COVID waves and look to start rebuilding some of the uh, infrastructure that has been run down over the last 20 or 30 years. So there we have it, um, an in-depth look at what went wrong with monetary policy, what should happen next, and a look 
in, in more depth at what actually happened with the inflation numbers yes, yesterday. Remember, about a third of that inflation number of 7.3% came from housing inflation, which you could blame on the Reserve Bank. The rest pretty much is international inflation and the flow-on effects from that surge in housing inflation in New Zealand. So a third to maybe a half can be blamed on what we did here domestically. The rest is money printing uh, overseas and the effects on COVID and the Ukraine war on uh, supply chains and supply of oil and the likes. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was my Dawn Chorus that has gone out with my email newsletter for paid subscribers on Substack. This will be opened up later in the day for the public and I'd just like to say thank you to the paid subscribers of Substack, uh, of my Substack, the Kaka, who allow me the time and the focus on these issues, particularly around housing unaffordability, climate change in action and child poverty. Ka kite anō.